Well, it, Hello, welcome everybody. This is Neil with Portal to Ascension. And how are you all doing today? Welcome to the Disclosure Agenda Show, the weekly Portal to Ascension show that's been going on for two months now. Thank you all so much for joining in. And if you're tuning in on the Portal to Ascension podcast, hello there. You can watch the live video on youtube.com slash portal to ascension. And likewise, everybody on YouTube who wants to check out the Portal to Ascension podcast, you can do that on all, all the major platforms. And this show is a weekly show, not only just to go over, you know, whatever is relevant topic in the moment, and also just to have a discussion weekly within Portal to Ascension, um, but also to just for the last six weeks, at least, is really to be speaking about what's going on in regards to disclosure and UFO disclosure, the whole UAP agenda, and then take it beyond that. And just the other day, just yesterday, we actually had our UFO UAP disclosure beyond disclosure conference. So today we are, this is a debriefing. We're gonna be discussing what we went through and how it was for us and just going, what's what's next after that? So I'm joined here with my co-hosts, um, two individuals that have been on the platform quite some time, Alan Steinfeld from New Realities, and we have Omar here from Watchers Talk TV. How are you doing, guys? You're muted, Alan. Oh, sorry. Great conference yesterday was a for anyone who wants to know exactly what's unfolding within the disclosure movement. I call it a movement from beginning to end. Every little piece fills you into the complexity of this situation. And um, right, Omar, we, we uh, what did you think of Richard Doty? That guy blew me away. Right. What do you th- what do you think of him? Uh, yesterday's, uh, yesterday's conference was uh, really amazing, and uh, I'm really happy to see that uh, we are beginning to pay attention to the software of the situation instead of yeah. the hardware. Because up until mm-hmm. now, it's just been flying saucers and triangles and uh, you know cigars and kind of what have you. And but we're beginning to understand that it's far deeper than that, that it's really a conscious thing that uh, that we're engaged with and that we're interacting with. So I like that everyone yesterday was really, you know, superimposed on that aspect of the uh, of the UFO phenomena that's happening. Yeah, it was quite a um, education, but I, I, I wanted to know, Omar, what did you think of Richard Doty? Did you hear his testimony? Yeah, I was there. I watched it. I thought he was all right. Uh, the thing that I didn't like was, uh, you know, just the division that was happening within the chat because of his past. But, uh, you know, he really owned up to, uh, you know, his mistakes and uh, really gave us some uh, some really some information that we can walk away with and investigate. So, uh, you know, I was I was happy with it. What yeah. was happening in the chat? Because I had no time to really look at it. So I was just wondering what we what were they saying? Yeah, maybe Neil can Neil can talk about well, that. Yeah, and maybe you can add to it too. Yeah. So yeah. there was there was um Omar actually noticed more um I guess back and forth than I did because I was just chiming in every now and then looking into it. But there was a lot of conflicted uh, people where a lot of individuals were saying like, you know, Richard is a liar, don't have him on, why have a liar on? So and there was kind of that narrative and then there was those things thank you for like actually having him on and you know and talking about these things so it just seemed that you know just like you said alan that it's a he was a very controversial person and it really showed up in the chat room people have all types of views about why we had him on there but i thought it was extremely important because you know if 
if he's lied in his past and is coming out now and trying to tell us what is going on, whether he is continuing to lie or not, it doesn't mean that we still shouldn't interrogate him and have a conversation with him to try to use our own discernment around it, right? Like we don't want to marginalize people that may have an ability to assist us in this movement. Instead, we wanted to communicate with them and have a conversation about it. So I thought the way, the way you took the conversation and how you directed it and the questions you asked were really important questions to you know be addressed. Well, I didn't think he was lying. I think he was actually trying to come clean. I think, you know, he said to me privately that he felt a little bad for the counterintelligence that he was doing when he was working as a counterintelligence. And I I think he was sincere. I don't see any reason why he would lie now. He's not working for the government. He's not on their payroll and um plus he's not at ufo conferences he's not on the circuit he's not out there actively attempting to be a spokesperson in order to give disinformation only when he's approached he's like he seems like he's just a regular citizen at this point and when he's approached and asked about it he comments on it yeah i think he's a simple guy i mean when he was working for intelligence he was probably had to do things that he believed in you know that's how militaries work you do this you fight for your country you believe in and nothing wrong with that except when you know you quack to question something is this really something i want to do and there's like no questioning and um well, well what do you think what do you think uh, about when he said the danger thing oh go ahead omar you comment no, but, on that first yeah we also have to understand like uh you know what alan's saying that everyone has a job to do they did their job and uh there's nothing wrong with uh, someone switching camp and uh, realizing their mistake and saying, okay, well, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't actually have to do it. I'm not under orders to do it. So they change their tone. And I think everyone deserves a second chance as well yeah. and to, uh, you know, repent or whatever the case may be for, because mm-hmm. uh, they're really valuable as well. Because look at the information that he gave us yesterday. And, you know, like Neil was saying, if we had marginalized them, then, uh, then, the information that we got from him yesterday, we would have never gotten. It was I pretty thought, amazing info. Like the yes, I was just going to say and, that. Yeah, I, I, I've never heard actually anyone come out and say that. I mean, I suspected it, but um, but what were you asking about the threat? He did say he, what was that? He quote? said it in passing. Okay, just by being a person that's observing, I'm really good at observing the way people communicate. He didn't, he wasn't saying um, danger in passing in order to throw it in subliminally. He was yeah. just listing off things that like, um, yeah, we need to look in the UFOs because of this, this, this. And one of the things he said really quickly in there, um, almost un- just a part of his, like what he believed was that uh, we need to look into the um, because they could be a danger, right? And that's what Ray Hernandez picked up on immediately when he came in. But I have some other thoughts on that, but I kind of want to just open up to you guys. And what do you really think about you know why he said that well i think there are alien races that are you know not very friendly it depends i don't think they're a threat in the way because i think if they wanted to take over the world they would have taken over so i don't think they're a threat mm-hmm. that way but alizondo actually i asked him that question maybe i can get to that later on mm-hmm. but i don't know what were you gonna say omar yeah uh, he could have been saying that uh they're a danger uh, you know, maybe uh, in reference to uh, them shutting down our uh, nuclear weapons and such, as uh, you know, as they've uh, intervened with that. So you know, he could have really meant that as in the passing that they could be a danger towards that, where they could uh, cause something to happen, uh, you know, just uh, accidentally or 
you know, nefariously, you know, who knows? That's but, the military mindset right there, right? Like yeah, it comes yeah, from the military. Exactly. So the, that's just the lingo in which he communicates. So you kind of have to take everything with the, a grain and of salt. Even, and even exactly. That is, uh, and even that is like a little piece of information that really tells you that we're engaged with benevolent and, uh, and you know, malevolent uh, beings out there that maybe some do pose danger to us and some don't. So, you know, well, but, uh, but it's a piece of information that we got out of him anyways. No, no. Based on this question, I want to play what Luis Alessandro yeah, uh, except yeah. tell tell us what you, oh, you said, what you thought, right, Neil? About okay, so I just want to say that um, somebody else mentioned in the chat room a little later that they were they said that basically about Ray and what he said that Ray wasn't listening to the whole thing that Richard said because Ray, um, Richard had actually spoke earlier about the benevolent ET races, but right. when he said the danger, it, the narrative went to oh my God, he must be saying they're all a danger. So. Hmm. It looked like if you really take the whole con context of everything he was saying was he was saying that from his experiences and from his testimony of people that are currently still work in the military that there are both types of races and some of them may be a danger but that's also his belief based on his background not his right. awareness that they are actually a danger you know what i mean like no, even if they see, if you're seeing them um, stopping and scrambling your nuclear codes you're going to think is a danger but what if their intention is just to make sure we don't kill ourselves that's right there where the danger like i said i, I just want activating to just protect themselves while they're and protect other. us from ourselves yeah, yeah exactly. i want to play this little clip from my question similar theme with luis alizondo and do you want to tell people who Luis Alessandro is? Because he is at the center of the disclosure movement. Yeah, so he's the, basically the figurehead. If you watch anything mainstream in regards to UFOs in the last couple of years, you've probably seen him. And he was the, the head of the ATIP program that was responsible for, you know, documenting different types of sightings and researching them. And I guess there was 144 sightings that has been declassified that they were involved in. And Alan had the opportunity to interview him on Clubhouse. So is that what we're gonna hear right here? Yeah, right we're now? gonna hear a little clip where I ask him something like that because I, well, let's hear what he, I'm not sure where we are in the video here. Find people's idle curiosity. Can you hear that? This is a conversation yes. that includes national security. This conversation that includes perhaps one of the greatest enigmas that that our our species has 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 faced since since we we crawled out of the cave. Right. You you told Danny Sheehan. I mean, he reported this that you, you he asked you, is this really a threat? And you said something like, the higher ups don't consider this a threat. So are we going to downplay this threat idea and go for more curiosity and exploration? The bottom line: if anything can interfere with our nuclear capabilities. For some people, that's a potential threat. Whether you agree with it or not, or I agree with it, is really rather immaterial. Because from a national security perspective, that is very much a potential threat. Now, let me let me state this for the record. There's a difference between a potential threat and and hostile intentions. Okay. So when I go to the airport and I board an airplane, there's no real threat there. Uh, when I go to the airport and if I were to run on the tarmac. Uh, to that same jet plane that I was boarding earlier, mm -hmm. and I stand behind the jet engine, chances are there are some some consequences that, that I have to deal with, right? I, I may lose my hearing. Right. Uh, I may get burned by the jet engine, right? There's a lot of things that aren't necessarily intended to be a direct threat, but are indeed a, a threat. So this is why we need to look at this topic and without trying to interject any type of, of preconceived narrative. I don't think that's helpful. 
I think what we need to do is let the facts and the data speak for itself. And, and if we can do that, then we're going to get a little bit one step closer maybe to determining if this really is a threat or not. Joe, did you have anyway? Um, I don't know if he really answers that. He, what did you think of that? And he kind of gets off the topic. I didn't get the whole thing about being on the tarmac. That was kind of silly. Omar, let's get your feedback first. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I don't know. To me, it sounds like a lot of malarkey. Yeah. Personally, because, uh, you know, what he's saying, you know, with the uh, tarmac thing is that he can stand there and if the uh, engine turns on, then he'll get burned or pushed away. And, you know, it's trying to relate that to a UFO that because a UFO is there, it's potentially a threat, even if it's not. What it sounds like to me is that they're trying to scare the public and uh, and just trying to collect money on that threat, so uh, they can uh, they can be funded and continue to uh, you know fund whatever programs that they have yeah. going. Yeah, I mean I don't think um, they are a threat actually. Uh, this is what Danny Sheehan was trying to change the language because he's Alexander's lawyer. What are you saying, Neil? I I think there was golden nuggets in that interview more yeah. so than you may, may may even realize and part of that was he basically is, is saying there that there's two different things there's the there's a threat a possible threat which is so much is looked up even foreign nations that aren't doing anything to the u.s are still looked at as a potential threat you know in some ways but then he's saying hostile intent so there's no evidence to suggest hostile intent but it's a threat because they're messing with what we use in order to keep ourselves protected so he's basically saying there that hey the that's their upground background that's their upbringing that's what they've been uh, educated in military warfare protection security that they're coming from that state of mind when they're communicating about this but they need to be clearer i think in regards to what's going on because when people say threat i think the public automatically thinks that there's a potential threat on their lives and there's a potential right. threat that an actual real tangible threat if you're saying a threat um, if it's not a real tangible threat why even say it? And and if the evidence suggests, like, um, you know, I think a couple of years ago, Elizondo came out with this or somebody else within these programs that said there is no evidence. One of the mainstream articles in all these years of the mainstream, you know, being about this now, literally said there is no evidence to, to suggest that they have any ill intent, you know, right. there is no suggestion of a threat. So, and we've been on that talk for some time now. The reason why we continue talking about it is because a lot of people are waking up to this in this moment. And if you start by learning and thinking that there's a potential threat, and that's the foundation of your awakening to the UFO subject, you know, that's yeah. not really, maybe not a good place to begin. Well, you know, I have to say they're coming from a military background where that's their focus, threat, danger. You know, it's like, that's sort of their way of thinking about everything you know if you have a hammer everything looks like a nail if you're a military everything looks like a threat if you're a defense you know so that's a that's sort of prejudice yeah. so uh, what what is you, he uh, you know let me just add this when yeah. you look at it from another perception and from a record as he was saying right uh, you know i don't uh, remember any time where aliens have attacked us but there has been countless times where humans have attacked the aliens. Like for instance, that famous uh, incident in LA in uh, 1982, where uh, you know, they opened up the uh, artillery on, mm. on the UFO. So you know, if anyone's a threat, it would be the humans uh, yeah. from, uh, from record speaking, right? Because he's talking about records and uh, you know, that's just to add that there's one on the humans and mm. uh, none on the, uh, on the visitors. Yeah. It, 
is that the one because there was a case where the um you um the u.s basically started sending missiles or or shot was shooting at a ufo and then the ufo came back down it coalesced into this light in this ball of light and then it started actually retaliating firing back Oh, no, people not that one. The, uh, mm-hmm. the one I'm talking about, this one went around behind a mountain or something, and uh, and then from there it disappeared. It was uh, happened like uh, I don't know, like 3:30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, or it could be in, actually in the morning because mm-hmm. they had uh, floodlights pointed up at this uh, at this UFO, and you know mm-hmm. they uh, they sent planes after, it and they think that uh, they damaged it, but mm-hmm. uh, you know nothing really uh, came out of it from what we understand. But you know mm-hmm. again. There's that, uh, you know, there's that attack from us towards them. So, you know, this yeah. guy should be, yeah. you know, he should do his homework when he starts talking <laughs> about uh, threats and, uh, you know, because it's more of a danger than, than anything. We project ourselves onto everything external to us, you know? So, yeah. like, we, we see uh, what, what we do on this earth, we assume others will do to us. when it comes to the ets right and we have no idea what ets are like i want to play one other clip neil from this um interview with alessandro because i think it speaks directly to the situation we are in i sort of said to him before this well you've said they're not russians they're not chinese they're not ours well what are they you've said they're not from any country on this earth but you have not use that word everyone's waiting for is there a time the word is aliens <laughs> when you might love this question suggest that these things might be off-world vehicles well look the, the problem is with the definition my my concern is that we i think um i think we as a society have gotten a little bit lazy and i think when we use terms like alien or extraterrestrial um the problem with doing so is that it it narrows the scope of the inquiry. And what do I mean by that? Well, as I've said before, could they think be from outer space? Yes, absolutely. But I've also said before, these could be from inner space and frankly, the space in between. Uh, the more uh, we learn about quantum physics, mm-hmm. the more we realize that the universe is far more complex than, than we ever thought. And to put that you know, case in point, um, a lot of a lot of psychologists right now believe uh, we are what we call cardiosocial animals, mm-hmm. and that is because the first nine months of our our, our life we spend mm-hmm. in our mother's womb. Well, I have to say, he gets off the. I, I can't listen to. He like says something. It takes it in another direction. The question after listening to this and editing this video, I should have said, "Come out! There are non-humans here. Can you can you acknowledge that?" And if I say the word aliens, they'll say, well, it may not be aliens, they'll be interdimensional. But the basic question, do you, would you state publicly that there are non-humans as we know humans to be flying these vehicles? That is yeah. the bottom line that he has never directly come out and said. Yeah. And well, he, every, he just talks around it. Yeah. Every answer he gave was as profound as if it was extraterrestrials. Right. right like so okay so why don't we just say it's something so profoundly interdimensional which changes everything that we even know right. about what we exist on earth yes. um and be humans being lazy no not enough people are versed in quantum physics enough to know about the space in between you know mm-hmm. and extraterrestrials is a catch-all phrase 
It's just right. everything that's not terrestrial human in the way that we are right now. Right. So he but should if they're interdimensional. Them. Well, I'm saying, are they humans as we know humans? If you're saying they're interdimensional, then they're not humans as we know humans to be. It's so yeah. get let's get a straight answer. And it's a great say, question. Well, he didn't answer it though. But but actually, I'll everything I heard. Oh. Go ahead, Omar. Yeah, he'll never answer it. Well, like, you know, as the, the the answer that we're looking for, no way. I'm, you know, maybe, hopefully I'm wrong, but uh, <laughs> from what it looks like, uh, you know, I don't think he's ever going to answer that question because if he did, that would just open up a box that uh, they're just not willing to be confronted. But, but by. he said everything else. Yeah. He said, I don't think they're, they're, they're interdimensionals. And, and he's, <laughs> he's, he's also said in one, I think it was a New York Post article, what we thought were monsters may be our neighbors. He has said that. And um, so he's come so close to saying, yes, these are non you, but he's not willing to go because I think you're right. That opens up a whole other whole other category of possibilities. Um, so I'm sure um, there's things that he, he can't say and it's probably like yeah. that, that final thing of what it is needs to probably be said by some person of authority. Right. They, can, they have the green card on it. A great example right. is Tom DeLong when he came out on his Twitter with ex NSA mm. members, Lou Elizondo, and all these people behind him. And he did that live stream, I don't know, five, six years ago when he did that. And they were talking about the craft. And it was like the first major disclosure thing. Like, right. um, like, and that the guy came out, I forget his name, but he talked about the US Navy ship and how that, um, that ufo was above it and then shot up really high and all that stuff that happened so when when they were doing that they said everything but the word alien i but know every but, single thing but, they said related and connected to something other than what we know as regular humans right look at this quote directly from alizondo to the new york post the i think is stephen green street maybe we're going to realize that what we thought were monsters are really just our neighbors it doesn't get any more extraterrestrial than that statement, right? Yeah. I so mean, is he dripping some stuff? Because yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's so, between the lines there. It's like he's not going to tell you directly, but if you can read between the lines, it's like, oh, if we go back, is, what's that, Omar? Yeah, if we go back and collect everything that he said and connect those dots then those dots will uh, answer that question for us. Yeah. I, think, uh, I think that's how it's happening. And I, I, I think we have to approach it that way as well, instead of just, uh, you know, saying, okay, whether well, it's a yes or no question to right. us, it is, right? But for him, it's like, you know, quite complex and yeah. you know, especially the responsibilities that come with that as well, right? He's probably got a gag order and things mm -hmm. like that. And yeah. So maybe we do have to approach it from a different angle instead of uh, a direct I think that's a really good point. If you ask him a direct question, he'll give you an indirect answer. But if you ask yeah. him an indirect question, maybe he'll give you a direct answer. <laughs> you got to do reverse psychology on the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I think there's more he's going to reveal. There was this other interview he did where he talked about a 23-minute high-definition tape. I think Jimmy Church just had him on. Have you heard the Jimmy Church show last no. night? Mm -mm. I didn't hear it either. Actually, I want to hear that show. So anyway, and I, I should go soon. But what else do you want? I have, uh, a, I have a, a question, a theoretical question that we can kind of talk about real quick. OK, yeah. So um, um, Richard Branson just went and did his first citizens. Oh, yeah. A Virgin Galactic day before yesterday. Right. 
and um, Jeff Bezos is going on the 20th and Elon Musk is soon after that, right? Yeah. Um, so let's let's look at the COVID relief bill, UFO disclosure, a lot of UFO movement during COVID. Now we're in this moment here where there's all the space stuff happening. Finally, we got the first public citizen um, craft going into space, taking citizens, even though technically it could be argued Richard Branson isn't really a citizen, right? right. But, um, but they're taking citizens now and now this is beginning. I feel there are milestones and markers in our consciousness and um, and us just breaking out of the atmosphere of our planet that kind of send out signals into the universe. Um, even though I do believe that there could be technology where we're way more advanced than you know this rocket fuel going out in space and um, and that we may have visited Mars before, who knows. But at the same time, in the linear aspect, it looks like linearly they're showing us now we're able to do this. Now we're able to go out into space and people can see it. Space, I feel, has like almost every astronaut has saw, saw something up there. Mm. So the fact that we've now hit certain markers and the next marker is that it's inevitable that there's going to be publicly accepted people going out into space. What do you guys think about this? There's so much space stuff happening at the same time, coupled with this UFO thing. I think that there we're, that we're at a, a milestone in regards to sending out a signal to the universe that we're ready for the next level of contact. And I think that this is what all this is, has got to do with. What are your thoughts? Well, I think that is a really interesting observation. So you have Jeff Bezos, you have Richard Branson going into space the same time that the government, the Pentagon is saying, well, there's things in space and now everyone's looking at space. Of course, don't forget my book. (laughs) (laughs) Hate to be so uh, promotional, but you know, it's a great book. Definitely should check it it out. It's a great book. Let me see if I can pull it up. But um, anyway, um, it's not a coincidence that we're focused on this bigger picture. And it's the whole realms of from the, from the smallest, from like kindergarten to 12th grade. It's like people saying, what, there's UFOs. Oh, we're going to space to like people inside, like Dodie saying, well, they've talked to aliens, they've made treaties with aliens. So it is a shift in consciousness on whatever Mm -hmm. level of consciousness you're at, but this shift is happening. And I think that's a great observation, Neil. Yeah. What do you think, Omar? Um, I myself think it's uh, it's pretty cool. And uh, when I saw it yesterday and I saw the price tag on it of uh, $250,000, I was like, wow, that's pretty expensive. So it's really you know meant for uh, the rich, not even the super rich. Now, yeah. And I thought about uh, the iPhone because uh, when the iPhone first came out, it was like uh, $2,500, $1,100, you know, things like that. But now you can go and buy an iPhone for like $200. So mm. I think over the course of uh, probably the next 10 years, I think uh, all of us will have the opportunity to uh, go up in space and experience the same thing with these guys. Did. Mm-hmm. And I think from that angle, when people are up there and they're probably more than likely will build hotels and such and colonize the moon, then there'll be bus fare going yeah. between uh, between the moon and the earth. And when people are going in between and traveling and they're seeing things out in space as the astronauts have, I think those stories when we're bringing them back will really be the true disclosure because then even people who don't believe that have seen things out there will come back and then they'll tell yeah. their friends. And then really the ripple effect will begin. And maybe this is the way we're gonna right, find right, out the right. uh, ET exists. Maybe that way, they'll make contact because maybe they've got a prime directive on us where they've got to gag themselves on us. But, you know, if everyone knows about them, then uh, you know, maybe they'll reveal themselves and say, okay, well, here we are. Maybe you should land on the moon, right? Uh, right. At uh, one of our colonies. Uh, but, you know. 
Yeah, but we're getting so close. You know, Grant Cameron, I loved him yesterday. He's so excited and he's such a, a great communicator. It's like he says, we just have to keep moving the football down the field. And we're, I think we're really close to the goal line, except they keep moving the goal line, the, the goal post. But um, I think we're in really exciting times and I think we are closer than ever. And I think to your point, Neil, there is a mindset change that space a citizen's going to space. We're not talking about astronauts. Citizens, yeah. Somehow, whatever's out there has just become more accessible and it is a whole shift in thinking that that, that is filtering yeah. into public awareness. I feel like we're in a, a sci-fi movie and we're at the beginning <laughs> phases of, you know, like in the beginning, before they fast forward to the future, they show when humans finally first make it out into space, the first satellite, the first uh, spacecraft going to space. And then all of a sudden we're there hanging out and there's like a group of people there. And then some UFO pops up and goes, Hey, you're here now. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like it's so interesting because we're so, we feel like we're so advanced, but we're also right at the beginning of, of a, a new world that yeah. we have the potential to be a part of and if you believe in like a galactic community being out there that are literally waiting for us what is the next step and i think that these steps that we're taking the fact that we like we leave in the atmosphere it's more accessible now it's almost like the fact that you know there's a monolith on on the moon of uh, mars on phobos and to me that monolith is like almost like when we get to that stage it sends out one signal to the universe that they have reached this level of consciousness i think the next monolith is us going and having space being more accessible is going to have to lead to inevitable um, disclosures. And let me just add one more thing to that. Yeah. China, India, US, all going to Mars right now. And then within a few years is the first manned mission to Mars. You know, it's already accepted by the mainstream that Mars used to be a planet was probably inhabited. Right. Yeah, yeah. So what are the things that we're going to start discovering and are going to come out pretty soon? This is great. This is why we have to keep the dialogue going. We need to be like the the conscious of the public, um, you know, and, and of course, other people can jump in, too. It's not just us. It's everyone is part of this conversation. That's why I wrote this book. That's why I'm promoting it for the guy who said, why don't you just tell people you're promoting the book? And I promoting it because I think we need to understand the bigger picture and that's why we're doing these conferences and yeah. and and i should go neil because some people are waiting but great to see okay. you omar thank nice you for you, all your entire and i tell people also i'm going to get off by what you're and i'd love to be part of your um upcoming festival in august yeah yeah we we got that all worked out okay. uh, absolutely you're a part of it and oh, good. Uh, we're going to make this happen yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay, Neil, be in touch. And Bye, um, thanks. Thanks for everything. Thanks for including me. Thank you, man. Talk soon. Okay. Bye. Thanks everyone online. So Omar, since that's, this is the great opportunity to transition into speaking about your event. Yeah, brother. Got a, uh, with full spectrum universe, my, uh, homie Rob, uh, we've, uh, put together a, uh, 55 speaker, uh, disclosure event. It's a uh, total disclosure meaning that it's beyond uh, UFOs and uh, flying saucers and aliens. That is just a, uh, an aspect of the uh, total disclosure. So we've assembled all these people, all these great researchers from across the world, uh, some doctors and some authors and uh, documentary makers and deep researchers and uh, you know, some really wonder wonderful people and uh, brought them together to uh, you know, give us uh, some uh, downloads from August 5th to the 10th. 
And uh, we're just going to bring them on hour after hour and uh, take a break in between, listen to some conscious music and meditate a little bit and allow that information to settle in and, uh, and then do that for like uh, five straight days and, uh, and then hopefully walk away with, you know, some profound information which we can use in our day-to-day -day lives because that's really the intention here for me is to bring information that people can use in their day-to-day -day lives. Like sure, aliens are really cool and stuff, right? And uh, UFOs are awesome and they've got lots of tech that could probably help us. And uh, maybe we have some, maybe we don't, right? Really, it's not really all that important when I got rent to pay on the first, right? And uh, and then my- kid, How do we make it more practical? That's right. So, you know, for me, that's, uh, you know, it's a dream, but, uh, you know, eventually maybe my kids will have that dream come true. But for me, I want to know more about, uh, you know, how can I communicate with my cat? Uh, you know, how is that uh, tree over there? How can its roots help me or its bark or, uh, you know, holistic medicines, uh, things like that, right? For me, it's, uh, it's more important. I want to know where I came from and uh, what my uh, humanity represents and how old we are and what have we achieved in the past and, uh, you know, things like that that are, you know, important for me that uh, I can bring that awareness for myself. So that's really the intent, uh, intention. Beautiful. So let's talk about, I want to talk about what disclosure is to you. I think that'll be a good uh, conversation right now. But let me just say that to everybody, you know, who's joining us, who, who has been on this show for the whole time, at least, if you did not attend the UFO slash UAP disclosure conference, um, subtitled Beyond, Disclo Beyond UFOs, um, it is on our YouTube right now, youtube.com slash portal to ascension. It's just go up there, watch the video. We went for a full nine hours yesterday. A lot of diverse information um, from government UFOs to um, consciousness, to experiencers, testimonies, future implica uh, implications of this whole phenomena. So go ahead and check it out. But what we're going to be doing now is I'm going to help co-host and um, this event with Full Spectrum and with Watchers Talk. That is the Total Disclosure Conference. And when it comes to the word disclosure, um, Omar and I, I think, have a pretty similar belief system in regards to it, that it's not just, we don't need to just disclose the existence of extraterrestrials, interdimensionals, other realms, blah, blah, blah. It's the disclosure of who we are as humanity, our ancient origins, uh, how we can be empowered, the spirituality, vibration and frequency, all of these hidden truths, hidden and some hidden in plain sight, some that are there that we're not implementing, some things that we can just, we need to be taught a little more and get some education on so that we can really cultivate an empowering experience for ourselves and others within on this planet. So when we're talking about total disclosure, I just need to reiterate everything that Omar said, because it's a 55 person event in five days, five, 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 from August 5th, Right, we got another five right there to August 10th. Right, am I right with all this info so far? Right, yeah, okay. And um, it's going to be on, we're going to embed it on the Portal Dissension site. Are we also going live on our YouTube? Yeah, absolutely, man. We're going to go live on uh, Watchers Talk, Portal to Ascension, Full Spectrum Universe, New Realities. So it's going to be like an amazing event and extremely empowering. And if you've been in any of our past four or five day portal ascension events and you've seen the kind of energy that we cultivate there not only do you get unlimited replay access and can view it back anytime you want but it's it's just like being a part of this group and i know you're going to have some meditations as well so we have the opportunity hopefully to have thousands of people connected at the same time so that we can all meditate on like you know the same intent right yeah exactly and uh, and also see if we can uh, send that love out into the world and uh, you know change the uh, schumann resonance 
for the time that uh, we are uh, interacting and sharing our energies together from across the world. I think it's a really good opportunity, not only that, but for self-healing as well, because uh, if uh, you know someone comes that has ailments, then uh, they can put it out there in the uh, chat that, uh, hey, I'm not feeling well, then from people from around the world can direct their energy. You know, it could be like a virtual Reiki uh, session that you'll get. So, uh, you know, things like that. I think it's a really good opportunity to, uh, to learn and to become a believer as well, because, uh, you know, sometimes people say that uh, I want to believe, but, you know, their uh, concrete mind, uh, the programmed mind mm. tells them that they need proof. Right. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a great opportunity to engage people and to try to get that proof that you're looking for yeah. through global meditations and, uh, you know, astral traveling and uh, remote viewing and things like that. Because those are the kinds of things that we talk about anyways, because we understand yes. that everything is based on consciousness. Everything right, is based right, on right. consciousness and everything else. Every, the observable world is all in here. It's just in the mind. Mm. it's pretty i would like to make this uh just share this piece of information here actually is that you know for some people all they need is belief and that's great you know you believe it and you have this whole this um this faith component in your life where you can really accept and own something as reality because of your belief but to many people if not the majority of people because you know um logic and ration uh, rationale is such a huge component in today's linear society that um, people need uh, sometimes concrete evidence before they find truth. The reason why there's so much atheism in the world and um, people um, leaving the churches and religions is because they're looking at it and they're seeing rationally looking at this stuff. It doesn't make, make sense. But the reason why they find spirituality soon after that is because their rational mind takes them into this realm of vibration and sound and frequency and consciousness that makes more sense. And you can even begin to quantify now through science, right? So... Um, it's important to note that it's not just one thing or the other, like, okay, we already know all this stuff. We don't need to know this anymore. Well, there's millions of people out there that don't know this stuff that do need it. So these events that we, we create, we attempt to embrace both realities, right? Where we have information for those who already really believe in it and are ready to accept it, but then also facts and linear mentalities and understanding of the science behind things so that more and more people can appease what I like to say, appease the linear mind, right? Yeah. By giving them the facts that they need to know it's a reality. And then after you've appeased the linear mind with some facts, people are more open to the truth. And when they are more open to the truth, because they've heard these facts, the frequency of that truth has a, a, has more of an ability to affect you in a positive way. Yeah, it opens you up a little bit more. Our consciousness, I find, is uh, unlocked in, uh, in steps. And uh, the first step is the most difficult because of the programming of the mind for all those years and decades. But once that one time, that uh, one thought, that one piece of truth that you get that opens you up, I think what happens at that time is that it really you know, it raises your self-awareness and your, your consciousness. And then it drives you to seek for more answers. And then in steps, your consciousness is unlocked. And, uh, and I think that's how really it's, uh, it works. And a lot of the events that I, you know, I create is geared towards that mentality as well, right? Because my, my idea is to bring one piece of truth from one speaker and, uh, and then through an event of, you know, however many people, then that's how many pieces of truth that, uh, that I walk away from that. And, 
you know, and then yeah. from that truth, you know, my awareness is increased because now I understand myself and my environment, mm-hmm. you know, like even much more clearer than I did previous to that. Exactly. So, and then that there raises my consciousness and then I want to know more. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's just, it's a big game. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a big game. It's an avatar that we have. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like that video game that Mark Sims was showing us yesterday of his mm. uh, auditorium. And that hey, guy isn't it interesting? His last name is Sims, Sims. And that was a Sim <laughs> <Yeah>. role. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's pretty cool. Should have told him that yesterday. <laughs> I, I just thought of it right now, actually. That's funny. So, okay, Omar, why don't you for whoever's on watching this live, if you could share your screen and show the event page and who's on it and whoever's on the podcast, listening to the audio, maybe you can just go over a few of the people you're more excited, you're most, not most excited, but some of the information you're excited to, you know, go into during this total disclosure event. Yeah, here, I'll, uh, I'll pull up the uh, list. And meanwhile, I'll show you the poster that was created for this, that just came at me uh, just not that long ago. That's the uh, poster that we're going to be using. I'll be putting up the uh, the registration link uh, probably in the next day or so, and then uh, and then uh, we can begin taking uh, registrations. Um, let's see if I can pull up my document. It's so exciting how much like of this information and content is out there now, and how many events are happening. Like it's just like non-stop stream of awareness. Yeah, I hear you. It's nice to see, you know, this would have been unthinkable um, in uh, like five years ago, Um, you know, 10 years ago, it would have been just totally unthinkable. And uh, really, and again, you know, at the end of the day, you're like a pioneer of this, Neil. And, uh, and I've said this again and again and again, even though I've been around for a few years, but you've been around, you know, a lot longer than, uh, than I have been. And the events that you've created and the way that you started and created these webinars and these conferences and, you know, day conferences and then weekend conferences and in person and then mega ones, like 50 speakers, 60 speakers, you know, yeah. it's really, you know, motivated me and, uh, you know, and encouraged me to, do the same so you're like a mentor to me because uh you know the the you're an innovator in this and and i really enjoy what you do and uh and i want to be a part of that so that's uh you know so i continue to do it but i have to say brother you're uh you know you're an innovator of um you know of this industry what you're doing today um you know what we're doing today you were doing long before the rest of us were uh doing we weren't even thinking about this kind of stuff at that time uh here's my list of speakers let's share that and 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 i get excited when others do it because it's all about it's all about collaboration not competition because why i'm doing this isn't to be the only one doing it i'm doing it in order for more people to do this so that we can create a world that i know is possible and that world is a world of universal peace happiness love you know disclosure transparency like that's all possible, but we need to do the inner work to get there. Yeah, there's no room for uh, you know expansion or uh, you know going against each other, competition, uh, things like that. We're beyond that. Our conscious that's lower lower brain thinking, in uh, in my opinion. And uh, you know we are uh, you know we've made ourselves uh, you know public figures and role models and uh, you know and it's through our cooperation 
that others will see and hopefully they'll cooperate amongst themselves. So, you know, it's really, you know, it's a responsibility that, uh, that we really have. Do you see my, uh, do you see my list here? Okay. Yes, I, I see so, it. Uh, yeah, let's go over like maybe and show us like uh, four or five of them. Tell us. Yeah, I'll yeah. Uh, I'll do uh, George Mitrovic. Uh, you know that guy's awesome. He's going to do a lecture. Uh, he's the author of like seventy books of uh, space and ancient uh, you know ancient things. And then uh, we got uh, Brad Olson coming on, and then we have uh, Geraldine Orozco coming on, and then uh, we have uh, John Shaughnessy, Doctor Joan. Uh, of angels, uh, Jason Martell, uh, really looking forward to that. Uh, Dr. The Hertex. Yeah, the Hertex, uh, Dr. JJ Hertex, and Desiree Hertex coming. Uh, who else? Uh, Dr. Rita Louise, uh, Ralph Ellis, Scotty hey, Robert, um, uh, Joel Ayala Apanya, uh, Roger Spur, uh, J, uh, what's his name? Uh, Patrick Giles, uh, Bibu Div Mizra. Uh, Jeremiah Fountain, Alan Steinfeld, uh, Michael Cremo, Philip Kinsler, uh, mm -hmm. Mark Florentino, uh, you know, Richard Patterson, Trisha Awan, Dr. Sam uh, Osmanovic, Laurie Love, J.J. Uh, Ainsworth, uh, Chris Blackmore, uh, Stephen and Evan Strong, just, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of wonderful, wonderful researchers. And yeah, also yeah. Dr. Lesson and uh, Janet Lesson, uh, they're, mm -hmm. uh, they're wonderful. I love having them on their uh their energy is just uh just yeah, good energy yeah 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 for sure uh, like stephen cummins uh leah capitelli uh mm. it's really divided in uh neil in the point of like uh you know showing every aspect like we're covering ufos on one day and then we're covering the uh, you know ancient history and then uh, we're covering our uh, contactees and experiencers mm -hmm. and, and then uh, you know holistic medicine and animal communication and the paranormal and uh, you yes. know space and uh, zoology because all of these things are really they're connected in uh, in the greater web and uh, we need to understand what they are Right, because, right. Uh, we're, we're interacting with it, right? So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, for me, I want to know what I'm surrounded by. And uh, that really piques my interest. So, uh, you know, this list really, you know, has a full spectrum of um, of speakers coming in. Exactly. It's Yeah, it's going to be extremely exciting. So just to let everyone know one more time, August 5th to the 10th, if you're on YouTube, which you are, because that's the only place where you're going live right now, go ahead and subscribe because this is actually where it's going to be. If you're not on YouTube, youtube.com slash portal to ascension. Also, Omar is going to be launching an event page, so he'll probably be back in a week or two and go ahead and let you guys know where you can sign up for it. But again, it's a free event, five days, 55 speakers, um, much, much content. And it's just just continuing this flow because the, what we can really do in order to really assist in the shift in consciousness and disclosure and all the stuff that's going on is continue making more content that is talking about this information, right? The more content we put out there, the more people are going to pick up on it and the more empowering things we're going to do. So that's just one out of many events that, um, you know, are doing that. But this one, five full days, like, it's just like, just the energy and the experience is almost like being at a transformative uh, transformational retreat you know yeah yeah that's it always is you know after even after one day like yesterday's uh event for instance the ufo yeah. exposure event even after that the energy from that you really vibrate off of it for a few hours afterwards and, uh, and then for like these multi-day ones, you know, you bring in the energy from the previous day and then it just builds on that. And mm -hmm, the next mm -hmm. day is even more energetic and speakers pick up on it and they're more vibrant and energetic and more involved in, 
you know, and uh, my, my favorite part, you know, I would have to say out of, uh, you know, the event, the entire event is mm -hmm. usually the discussion that's happening in the chat rooms, because I think there's more information and more truth bombs being dropped in the chat room yeah. than there is actually from the speaker. The speaker just happens to be, um, you know, uh, the quarterback of uh, the catalyst of the conversation. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, you got this you know, links being dropped and, you know, experiencers telling you things and, you know, it's just amazing. Yes. For me, that's so, the most, that's the best part about all the events for me. Right. So Ray Hernandez, right, the experiencer um, did the survey on the academic research study on people that have contacting and uh, contacting and abduction experiences. All right. He was our second speaker. If you don't know who I'm talking about, go to our YouTube, watch it. And um, well, he got 50 emails from people from our events, all interested in his research, right? So just, we had, you know, we had hundreds of people. I think at one point we had like on all the channels, maybe up to 500 people watching live, but to have 50 people from that email a speaker about some data, normally it takes a few thousand to get one person, to get 50 people out of those few thousand to email one person. So the fact that we had that many people and that, that many people actually emailed him went to show how hardcore dedicated probably most of the people um, were that were on this event and how much like how passionate they were about this information and another you know testament to that whole reality is that we only started promoting our ufo uap disclosure conference four days before we went live with it and we had 900 signups within 24 hours right so it's the the energy right now and people seem to be very passionate and because of that and because we've seen how passionate people are and they're ready to do it we're going to do more and more of this right, yeah Omar? people yeah yeah people are uh, they're hungry and uh, i think what's happened over the course of last year and a half is really woke opened up people's eyes and uh and they're branching out now and uh yeah. and they're, they're really they're beginning to see the light and to me you know another thing of that 50 emails is really a testament to the fact that uh, people are opening up and they want to know more and uh, you know there's uh, you know that's another aspect of uh, you know all those emails and could be that uh, you know you have researchers that are going to get that information and then they're going to spread the seed and then that's going to have a ripple and you know it's really yep. you know for me it's like really opening up and uh, and people are really you can visually see it you know like if you if you look at it you can actually see people waking up you can see all these lights just popping on um, everywhere, uh, you know, and it's, uh, it's nice to see you. And uh, it's a validation as well, right? Because, yeah. you know, to the Hopi, because, you know, when we look at everything that's happening right now, the Hopi said that there's going to come a time where there's going to be a fork in the road. And that fork in the road, I think we've just approached it. And a lot of people are taking the route that is going to be consciously good for humanity. And, uh, and because people in made by nature are good, right? Uh, you know, don't let people, uh, you know, make you believe that uh, they hate people and people are no good and, you know, they're parasites and blah, 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 you know, no, absolutely not. You know, every, uh, every person, they, they just want love and every person is love. And, uh, and I think if, uh, if people are given the choice to either choose love or abuse, I think people will choose love. And, yeah, and I think, and I think we're heading in that direction now where we're beginning to see a lot of love too, you know, on, uh, on social media and yeah. at conferences and events and such that we do. Right. You know why I think humanity inherently is just like such so beautiful. And not only that, just like, um, there's hope and there isn't as much darkness as we may 
may see is because of one thing is what you just mentioned is that almost everybody, if not everyone, just wants love and, and to be loved, right? And and a lot of times when people act negatively or angrily or um, seem to be evil, it normally happens because of their lack of love or nurturing at, at an early age. So a lot of this, like this hardship, this struggle, this this like negative energy we see is only an absence and a lack of nurturing and love. So if we if we all were able to grow up in a world where we had that as an understanding from society and the world that that's what's needed, so that we made sure we we created institutions, we created systems in order to cultivate that, we would more likely be in a world where people have this love at an early age and feel supported for their life, and so that they can be the best version of themselves when they get older. So it seems like the solutions are very easy. But just implementing it when you have so many different people and so many diverse opinions and perspectives and religions and divisions, that's where the challenge comes in. So one thing is we we all want love. And a lot of the people that are doing negative things, even military, even um, people that are um, anti other governments and all that stuff, a lot of them inherently think they're doing the right thing. Not too many of them are like, yes, I'm out there like um, just because I hate these people. They literally even if it's religious oriented, they literally think that they are doing the right thing based on their love for their God. So even the evil that we see in the world is a manifestation of people thinking they're doing something good or thinking that they're giving love to some sort of external power, right? So we just need to direct our energy a little more efficiently and come together and really have these conversations about you know, why we're giving up our energy, what kind of traumas make it that we need to put our energy into some external reality and then fight our brother in order to protect someone you can't even see, you know? Yeah, I was going to mention, uh, you know, with the love, the barrier that uh, I think is in front of everyone is uh, is money and uh, and religion. Uh, you know, religion, uh, you know, if, if you're the same religion, all is well, but, uh, you know, God forbid you're a different religion, uh, then, uh, then you're on the chopping block, and it seems that love is out the window. And uh, and and same thing with uh, with money. It seems because I, you know, you may know people that know me. I'm really interested in serial killers and and such. And uh, the thing that I've noticed is that all of them uh, never had love in their uh, in their childhood. They were abused by their parent or their caregiver or. Yeah. whatever the case may be so like uh, you know they became really uh cold and uh you know unempathetic but you know the problem is is that the money creates that uh barrier because people are so programmed to be in pursuit of you know economic gain and that they forget about everything else and that seems to become you know their sole focus in life or tunnel vision where they block out their family their children their wives uh, you know, their husbands, uh, whatever the case may be, and money becomes the most important thing. So I think if somehow, you know, like in the Star Trek world, if we can somehow just get rid of money, then I think that barrier to love would be, uh, you know, would disappear. And I find that I think a lot of people then would have time to spend time with their families and with their friends and with their neighbors and begin to respect and love them. And that's how it would really, you know, spread forward. But, you know, the, I, I still think yeah. man, is that money is the biggest, absolute biggest barrier. Uh, and when it comes to, uh, you know, when it comes to love, because people seem right, to have right, love right. for the money, 
and not for the fellow man. Well, society has been created in a way to make yeah. it the money, you know, exactly. money can can be, I, I feel like we are going to, in an evolved society, an evolved conscious evolution, uh, consciousness, evol you know, evolved society, money probably will not exist. No, We're I don't gonna, think so get to that phase and it may be a transition to get there in some time but while we're getting to that place we need to figure out um we need to make sure that money isn't our first priority and part of that is maybe having some basic needs met right so that we don't have to worry so much and then secondly it would be that instead of corporations um basically like you know if you take economics 101 and they talk about capitalist corporations what's the bottom line of every single corporation it's the shareholder rather whether it's publicly shared or if it's the um individuals that own it and what is the shareholder want bottom line which is money so the reason why you know like this people that talk about conscious capitalism and then how capitalism is bad some people say we shouldn't have capitalism at all but the reason why capitalism went in down the route that it has that has created some sort of negativity is because it became the number one thing that capitalism is responsible for cultivating is more money. And if you're doing that, you're not considering the earth, you're not considering humans. So after a hundred plus years of this evolution, we, when we maybe were a little more conscious about our surroundings at that point, now it's just become, how can we be the most efficient and, and make, cut the most corners in order to pro get the most money? Right. So yeah. it's not, it's not looking at how we can utilize. So if, so for example, you know, the GDP, in um, a country near India, I forget what it's called. It's like the happiest country in the world. It starts with a B, I think. But their GDP is based on gross domestic happiness, right? Oh, yeah. I like that. And, and their gross domestic <laughs> happiness is based on certain principles of how they measure the society is doing, right? And if we had money, like you can right now, maybe, yeah, money, people need to get money in order to be able to cultivate and grow the business bigger. But if we had, okay, you need to equally um, be taking care of the earth and people. And those are the two things that you're judged on based on your success in the world and business. I feel that would be the first steps needed to eventually get to a world where we don't even need the money because there is, we live in this lack mentality, right? But you and I both know that we live in an abundant universe and everything is energy. And now we're figuring out how to manifest energy from nothing into something. Right. Mm -hmm. So what, what's next after that? Are we able to like make food out of thin air using quantum technology, like Star Trek. Right. So we're, we're at this precipice, this of this reality that we can embrace. And part of that is going to be the eventual, I feel transitioning out of money when we realize we have more than enough. Yeah, and I think also another really great example of us transitioning towards uh, you know, a cashless society is that we have robots, we have drones, uh, we have factories that uh, can operate on their own. Uh, we have machines that can mine, uh, you know, we have boats that can fish and uh, we have uh, printers uh, that can uh, you know, print houses. So I think uh, you know we're coming to a point now where people won't be needed to go and do these minuscule jobs, and that it'll be taken over by like robotic functions. And I think yeah, that'll yeah. give the world an opportunity because at still at the same time the production is still going to continue to happen. We're still going to get macaroni and cheese coming off the uh, you know the old uh, server conveyor belt. Uh, we're still mm -hmm. going to get our potato chips. So, but people that were making them, they're going to have a lot more time on their hand. And I think that's going to create a, um, you know, like a, a happier person, but that person needs yeah. to have a cause. 
right? So I like that uh, gross domestic happiness. Uh, I think yeah. uh, we should implement that uh, everywhere. But we're on our way there, man. We have drones that can work the farms. Uh, we have uh, machines that can uh, plow the fields on their own. Uh, you know, just uh, one person needs to sit there and, you know, compute it in and uh, program yeah. into that, into that in, even into the AI. So, uh, you know, we're, we're almost there. There's, uh, you know, I think we're coming to a point now where we've realized that because 99% of the world's wealth is in the hands of like the 1%, people are not sitting well with that. And because they're not sitting well with that, I think over the course of just the next few years, mm -hmm. once these taxes begin to go up from all these relief funding that we've had, right? Once those taxes start to go up and people are gonna you know, see their income go down because of taxes, I think that's when they're all gonna rise up and they're gonna say, hey, wait a minute, you know, we have uh, you know, the absolute you know, trillionaires on this planet and uh, they could cover these debts no problem. So why is it that we have to pay? And, uh, and then when that eye-opening, you know, aha moment happens, then I think uh, we're going to go in yeah. a different direction altogether. <laughs> A lot of times it's just numbers in a system, you know, just like we owe France this much, like the deficit we have after how much how the US I'm talking about of out of how much we is given by the US government to all these other countries, yet we're always in debt. Even if you start looking into the reasons why we're in debt and how being in a deficit is actually beneficial for the US economy, yeah. right? We look into all these things. Why is that? Well, because yeah. it just perpetuates the lack mentality, creates income inequality, helps the po poor people stay poor so that they could be the workers. You know, it's just like, it's ridiculous, really. Yeah, but people that, are waking up to it. It's a debt economy. It's all based on debt and debt and credit. And uh, and people are waking up to it. And, mm -hmm. You know, I don't see why if, uh, you know, like look at Canada, for instance, it's the uh, world's second largest country uh, land-wise in the world and there's only 36 million of us or 40 million of us that live in in Canada on the second biggest country in the world and I don't see why because we have print technology why why not every single person in the country does not have a house printed for them on this vast amount of land that yeah, we're sitting yeah. on and remove that mortgage debt altogether to make sure that person has housing because once a person has housing and they don't have to worry about where they're going to lay their head, suddenly they're going to become very productive. Yeah. Right. And uh, and then all that money that they're not going to put into mortgage, all that money will go into something totally yeah. different, right? A revolutionary technology or whatever the case may be, right? So I don't see mm -hmm. why this type of stuff isn't being implemented. Like even in the United States, like look at all the land the United States has. So I think the U.S. is the uh, fourth largest country in the world and mm -hmm. it has uh you know like what 450 million people and and that's uh you know compared to the land that's in the united states that's nothing man that's like you know one that would be like one mile or like one square mile of land for every single person in the united states and i think canada is something like 17 square miles yeah. of land if they were to allot it out for every single person in Canada, you know, I couldn't imagine living on a, a plot of like 17 miles um, yeah. all the way around me, pretty lonely. But, you know, the point is, is that we have the technology, so I don't see why that's not happening already. Exactly. Like we, have, we have greenhouse technology where we can build 40, 50, 60 story towers 
and turn them all into organic uh, greenhouse uh, facilities where, mm -hmm. you know, it's a conveyor belt and it's just dropping out food in the basement and you're collecting and sending it out to the market and, uh, and, and making people healthy. But, you know, again, you know, it's, uh, it's that greed, man. It's that, it's that greed, brother. And that's where mm -hmm. we're in that point now. And I think it's being, you know, crushed like the you know, Berlin Wall. Uh, back in uh, when was that 96 or 92 I remember yeah so it's it's happening and people are waking up to it and just us having these conversations right now is really what's instrumental in it that if we're talking about it other people are talking about it and the system isn't created for the betterment of us right we thought it was for some time and many people thought that it was but at this point we've kind of created some stagnancy and we're not progressing Pro progress has become an illusion and even that term has been hijacked by those who don't really want us to progress you know <laughs> so all right so we're going to close up here but i just want to show a couple of events that are happening on portal to ascension to everybody before we do that so i'm going to go ahead and pull this up for you guys so Thank you everybody for joining in. This again is the Disclosure Agenda Show. Well, this is the weekly Portal to Ascension show every Tuesday. The Disclosure Agenda Show, which is what the theme is right now, is gonna be ending this month. I think I have one or two more weeks left of the Disclosure Agenda Show. Then I go into Ancient Civilizations, which we're gonna have um, many different guests on, and then also my own information, where we're gonna be going into all types of information on our true world history. What is the true history of humanity? How do we dissect our timeline? And what is uh, the difference between the conventionally accepted timeline and now what we're discovering and how this connects to spirituality and consciousness, right? Which is what it's all about. So that's what we're gonna be moving into towards the end of this month. And then after that, I've got this whole amazing series planned called Age of Empire series, which is gonna be every Tuesday where we're gonna dissect an empire and then have a discussion about what the presentation is right afterwards. We're gonna do the Kushan Empire. We're gonna do Alexander the Great. We're gonna do the Indus civilization. Um, we're gonna do the Tartarians. We're gonna do um, the Maya, right? We're so a lot of ancient civilizations and we're gonna be going through all that. So it's gonna be extremely exciting. If you are on the YouTube, please do click subscribe and um, join us to support us there. If you're on podcast, you can go to youtube.com slash portal to Ascension and sign up there. But just two events before we close up for today, two events that are coming up on Portal to Ascension. This one right here is coming up next week. It's called Sacred Sites and Ceremonies Online Conference. It's on Sunday, July 18th. If you're listening to this after July 18th, you can get the replay of this. This is our second annual event. We have Freddie Silva, JJ Desiree Hurtak, um, and many other people, Grandmother Florida Mayo, Trisha McCannon, Mindahi Bastisa. And what this event is, is basically like a presentation a sacred ceremony, a presentation, a sacred ceremony, about six to seven hours of this awareness. And not only are we going to get a lot of information, but we're going to be implementing it with the ceremonies in between. Extremely amazing event. Uh, this is coming like up just next that. Sunday. Yeah. And I'll give you the, the access info, bro, so you can come in and be a part of it as well. So if you're interested in this one, portaltoascension.org, go to online events and you can check it out there. And then the other event I wanna let you go, guys know about is the weekend after that is our first ever hybrids online conference. And this will probably be an annual event as well. And it's a two day event, July 24th, July 25th. We have Daryl Anka, part of it, Mary Rodwell, Phil Gruber, the Alan Steinfeld, uh, Barbara Lamb and Geraldine Orozco and a few other people. And this is an exploration of what it is to be an extraterrestrial hybrid 
not only are we going to be talking about the hybridization program in regards to declassified government documents that show that they had some awareness of hybridized programs and may have actually been doing it themselves and working with extraterrestrial races um, that have been attempting to hybridize the human DNA, but also individuals that claim to be hybrids and researchers and hypnotherapists like Barbara Lamb, who have regressed people into the experiences where they've understood what it is to be a hybrid. So we're going to be going at this from every angle possible just to explore this topic. If you want to join this, go to portaltoascension.org, online events, check it out there. And you can also just go to portaltoascension.org and just sign up. Sign up on our website. You get a username and password, and the username and password will give you immediate access to our website where you have 3,000 hours of presentations available to you on every topic under the sun that I've had the opportunity to think about over the last 12 years. So there's a lot of amazing content there for you. So do check it out and, um, you know, hope to see you guys there and be part of this community because we got a lot of amazing things in store. All right, bro. So we're going to, we're going to close out for today. I'm going to leave it to you. Just why don't you tell us one more time, just a plug for your event date time, um, how many people, and then just leave us with a, a few words before we end for today. Um, August 5th to the 10th, uh, total disclosure. Uh, Watchers Talk, Full Spectrum Universe, Portal to Ascension, 55 speakers, five days, August 5 to the 10th, 12 hours a day. We'll be streaming on uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube, uh, portaltoascension.org, New Realities, and Full Spectrum Universe, along with uh, Watchers Talk. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the uh, Empires um, episodes that are coming up. And uh, my contribution to that is I'm going to uh, look into the uh, Aboriginal and the uh, First Nations people of uh, Canada and the United States. And I'm gonna gather some information about them and uh, their empire that they had here and hopefully share some interesting images and in uh, some mythologies and creation stories and such uh, of the uh, original people of North America. Can't wait. And uh, Omar and I, well, you know, I, most people I know and that I'm into all this with, information with really love history and looking at the timeline but i would say omar and i have a thirst for history beyond most people that i even know so we have such amazing discussions together about it and the discussion we had at the portal to center conference um two months ago where it's just you and me and then we we're pulling up random images on google in order to to create the story of the timeline that we're doing that was probably one of the best conversations and we have such great feedback from it so you're going to probably be on majority if not almost all of those shows that we oh, did yeah. ancient civilizations and not only can you share your information but the ones that you're listening to you'll be part of the discussion afterwards so we can get you know your perspective on things yeah, I'm going to put together a uh, extensive one, uh, you know, probably uh, five or six uh, different presentations, and nice. uh, and then uh, you know, then uh, contribute that into the uh, overall pool. Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, history. When it comes to history, like I've always said, you know, I want to know where I came from, and the only way to do that is to uh, to research and read and investigate, and uh, and that's what we love to do. And uh, do what you love and love what you do, man. Yes. All right. Just a few. We're, we're closing out now, everybody. Um, just again, please subscribe and please do go to Portal to Ascension Radio on any platform, iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, Pandora, blah, 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 and um, sign up there. But just a few shout outs to some people in the room here. Thank you, One Love, for your interaction in the room. We're looking forward to your email. Um, also, Earthworth, thank you so much for joining in and being a part of so many of these live streams. Divine Energy, you as well, and you sent a donation yesterday, so I appreciate you. K 
Casey May, thank you. You've been at a lot of them as well. So I just want to say that I appreciate everybody that has been showing up and being a part of these events and supporting the content that we're putting out there. We have a lot more in store for you. If you have any feedback at any point on what you want to see more of, send it to us because we're not just trying to create stuff and show it to you. We want to know what everybody else wants to talk about and then start talking about those things so that we can really curate you know, these topics to be something that we all need and we can all benefit from. So I just want to say one more time, thank you all so much. Love you all. This is Neil with Portal to Ascension. And I'm joined here with my host, Omar from Watchers Talk TV. You can check out Omar on his website, or you can go to his YouTube, which is Watchers Talk TV. If you put that in YouTube, you'll find that. And Omar, what's your website if people want to check that out? It's uh, a projectionofyou.com. All right, there we go. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Love you all. Thank you, Omar. We'll be in touch. Talk to you soon, bro. Say bye. Love you. Have a good day.